1: Welcome to Unmarked, a collaborative podcast brought to you by Soccer Bible
0: and out of home. Let's go!
1: Go, go. Yo, you're
0: listening to the Unmarked show. This is Unmarked. Yo, this is Unmarked. This is Unmarked. Wouldn't believe it, Jeff. He's broken past two defenders, completely on his own in the box. Now tuning in to the Unmarked podcast.
2: You're listening to Unmarked featuring Kieran, Kwame, Yaff and Steven. You London boys are crazy. (laughs)
3: Oh. No, 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 no. No,
4: no, no. no, That's wait till it turns to the camera. Wait till till,
0: till 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 it it turns to the camera. Oh, oh, there it is. Hey! Hey. Hey. Vibes, Sick, br- br- Vibes Oh vibes. shit Yes Start <laughs> of time hey, Run the rhythm, bruv Run that rhythm hey,
3: Run vibes, the rhythm vibes, again, vibes, my dog vibes, vibes, vibes. Run
1: it again
5: <laughs> Yes <laughs> Yeah Yes, vibe.
0: energy, energy
3: Yo, 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 yo This is the Zoom Zoom, Zoom
1: Room right. The Zoom Zoom Room is back, Yaf yeah. Zoom God, zoom room. Zoom, zoom room is back, fam. Yo. Yes <laughs> yes 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 yes. What's, yes. what's happening, happening man? man? What's happening? I hey, congratulations on the win tonight. Thank you, bro. Yeah. Oh, big man. congrats.
0: Well done. Nice one. Oh Cheers. man. Um,
1: we there. We there. We there.
2: We there. Then. We're there. All right. I'm gonna hit. Well, I'm gonna hey, hit. I'm, made, I'm gonna hit record. Run that. Hey, don't Wait. Wait. Run that thing, blood.
1: Jeez. Yes! <laughs>
3: Ah, oh, this really? is, I loved it. I have a question
2: first. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yes, please. please. like you were inter- interviewing me. So wait one second because you're all from London. Why you all moved to Amsterdam? Ooh, that's that's a, good a good question. That's man. a good one. Ooh, uh, okay. Already? It's a very good question. Who yeah. wants to answer that? Question? Is is it normal, eh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> no, it's need normaal? Hey, niet slecht man. niet
1: slecht. Hey. <laughs> Not <laughs> bad, my guys. Not bad. Yeah. But I can I can um, go first.
2: London, you all moved to Amsterdam.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah. Now, no, so like in in, um, in my instance, um, I got like the job offer. So like I finished doing my MBA. So I did my second degree in uh, Liverpool. So I was living in Liverpool for a year and then I got the offer. Yeah, so then I got the offer to to. Uh, Even Live uh, Liverpool, I understand. You, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know that one. And then um, Liverpool's dangerous. D- You're all
2: for work. You all left because of work. Primarily, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah I
3: mean, we yeah, all just yeah. wanted a different experience as well, man. Growing yeah, up man, in the definitely. same city. Amsterdam before. is
2: amazing, bro. I love Amsterdam, yeah, nice, man. Especially for black people, Amsterdam is amazing. Yeah. Man. No, for real, for real, for real. Look at him so, laughing.
3: <laughs>
4: Smiling, cuz.
3: When we stop stop recording, I know Kieran and Kwame got some stories for you, Prince. Nah, I don't know.
4: You as well, fam. No, um, let's get into it. Um, So, take a sip of
3: water. Oi, oi.
4: Oi. Here we go. Um, Welcome to the Unmarked Show. A new football series giving you some of your favorite players the space to speak freely, giving our listeners the opportunity to learn more about them away from the pitch so you can see them more than just footballers. Brought to you by Soccer Bible, and my brothers are out of home, a from London and living in, living in Amsterdam. This is episode five. Yes, Jeez. five. Yeah, yeah. And I am honored to present our next guest. He's played for top clubs in Bundesliga, Premier League, Serie A, Serie a and the Liga. Some of those names are Borussia Dortmund. Tottenham Hotspur, Mm. AC Milan, and Barcelona. He has played in two World Cups for Ghana in Mm. 2010 and 2014, scoring a very important goal against the Americans. Shout out to Trump, who's lost to take (laughs) Ghana to the (laughs) quarterfinals. It's none other than Kevin Prince Mother Boatang.
1: Come (laughs) on, Come
2: on! We say yes, yes, Kwame. I love love you. Thank you for having me. Hey, no worries, worries my Bro, You put pressure on me. No,
1: nah, <laughs> nah, 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 just be nah, yourself, my I had to
2: do your thing. thing, man. I <laughs> had hey, to do your thing.
1: Before we get into anything, Kevin, yeah? We do this one thing on our show with all of our guests and we ask them what made them smile this week. Basically, we do that just so we can kind of level set for the conversation, make sure that we're grateful for the things that we have in life. And like it's just a nice way to get to know what's happening each other's week. So, Kev, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. How wait? What should we call you? I don't know. I didn't even Prince. 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 Yeah.
2: Prince. Say no what more, made you smile this
1: week,
2: bro. Say no more, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what made me smile this week? You know, especially in this moment again with this COVID stuff and everything. Uh, it's always nice to smile, you know. So when my kids call me, they say certain things. It just makes you smile, you know. Because at the end of the day, with all this stuff, what happened? this year because it was a very tough year i think for everybody and i'm getting straight to a point where people always say yeah but you're footballer and you're rich but it has nothing to do with that because at the end of the day we saw with this COVID, we're on the same boat so when you have your kids saying some certain things or make you smile or yeah well my kids this this week who made me smile and today i'm smiling because i'm happy that um, that trump is out Seriously, I know it's not my country, and it has not. But it's just for everybody in this world being black and whatever you know. It, it's, yeah. it means a lot to us. So that made me smile. That's why I started putting music on.
0: I'm- <laughs> energy, <laughs> energy, gang. S-A-G.
1: what about you, Lo? What made you lot smile this week, man?
0: Oh, I, I can go because this happened like yesterday. Yesterday, so um, so obviously respecting COVID rules in the Netherlands. But like, uh, I think me, Yaf, and um, A good friend, Matt, Uh, we linked up. I hadn't seen Matt for a while. And, um, yeah, we we linked up and had just, like, a really nice discussion yesterday. On top of our minds was just, like, kind of, like, the movement, just reflecting on the year with Black Lives Matter. um, I think it really lit, like, something in each and every one of us. That Not that we became activists, because I really hate that word, but, like, it really just let us reminded us that our voice carries weight and that we have a responsibility to use our voices so like we were just linking up yesterday like pouring up um eating food sweets whatever and then like just looking at the journey that we've come from and then kind of like what we're doing to try and push the narrative uh forward or like you know the ideas that we had and then just coming together and say like okay how can I support you how can I support you I'm here for you and for me that just made mm-hmm. me smile because I think if this is happening in other parts of the world then, like this is how the community is going to get stronger and we're going to just um take the learnings from this year and 2021 is going to going to be full of blessings so that made me smile yesterday
3: That's jeez tough. Tough, man. yeah tough. man i can oh, go yeah. man for me yeah, it's very simple man like, i've just been going on longer bike rides in Amsterdam now and obviously you know we're getting it's getting more colder so you know people want to cycle less and get more on the on the uber or the tram or whatever but like today was just a nice day. I said, let me just go cycle around. I will cycling around for like an hour. Got my legs moving. And it's just nice, you know, to take in like the last of the sort of the full vibes in, yeah. in the city. Because, you know, there's no there's no season like autumn, you know. Like when fall hits and the That's trees are looking season. all these different yeah. colors. Bro.
5: That's
4: my bro. season, bro. fam.
3: And you're just taking in all the views. Like, I was just cycling. I was like, this city is beautiful, man. So yeah, for real. that made me smile. Obviously, I'm not a politician. I'm not into politics, but I think... Biden winning and being elected as president just gives the whole world a new wave of optimism, you know? Like, we end the year on, like, a positive, you know, after such a crazy year and all the all the madness that's been happening. I think whether you're uh, for Trump or not, I think the vast majority of the world is, you know, happy that Biden has won, and it just gives, like, a fresh optimism and enthusiasm to the world, you know? So, yeah, man, that's what made me smile this week.
1: Yeah, man, for real. Um, I can go, I can go. So, um what a couple of things made me smile obviously biden winning the election i stayed up i think it was tuesday night wednesday night but i hear you like oh yeah oh you don't hear me you don't hear me all right cool one second look this is yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. all right cool i'm gonna hold my mic like this real quick now Oh, my God. Look like Lionel Richie, bruv. <laughs> <laughs> these, these times, it, it looks exactly like Stevens, bruv. Yeah. Look at it. Yeah, trusty. me. Trust you know, look like you're it, reporting on Gillette Soccer Saturday. All right, cool. Well, at least, this is unmarked, bro. This is unmarked. I'll just get my other mic in a minute. But anyway, yeah. Obviously, Biden winning. I stayed up Tuesday, Wednesday morning, or Wednesday night. Just to watch it. I, it was weird because I was like, this is crazy. But I'm glad that he's he's won for the same reasons that you said Jeff. Um, yesterday, Kwame—I <laughs> was gonna say Kwame came around my, my my place, but we didn't. Me and Kwame had a Zoom call for about three and a half hours, and I was what? in the studio just like making music whilst he was on the other line, and we made like five songs or five like like just starts of songs in it. And it was just it was just vibesy in it. It was just mad vibesy. It was sick. It made me smile because it was like I could just like decompress from the week from my bro and just like get the the emotions out in the music and that. So it was mm. sick. I really enjoyed that. That's what made me smile this week, man. About you,
4: Kwame. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of connected. I must clarify for the unmarked audience. Uh, Kieran was making songs. I, I was going on YouTube and like throwing him beats. That's all I was doing. But um, yeah, uh, <laughs> like I was just typing in type beat, type beat, young fog type beat. Um, but uh, what, what made me smile was definitely a, a connecting with uh, Kieran and one, one of my good friends, just vibing. And also today I met up with, with, with a pal yeah. and out of homie Nathan. We had a, like a, a, a good little chat about life and the year so far, because it's been a bit mad. Went on a nice walk, like Yaf yeah, said, it was kind of, like, sunny. So, yeah, just, like, just connecting with um with, with some friends, really. That's what made me smile.
3: Sick, man, sick. Yeah. Bro, like, again, Prince, thanks for coming on, man. We're very excited to have you. You ended the conversation partying, and I know we're g- this whole convo is going to be a party. So, um, I mean, I guess for us, like, you, you really don't need any introduction, but... Um, for the audience, like, how do you like to be introduced? How do you like to be portrayed? Like, how do you how do you see yourself, man?
2: Yeah, uh, bro, that's that's a question. Like, everybody always ask me, like, how you want to be seen, whatever. Like, mm. I'm just a normal guy, bro. I go, I go around. I see everybody. I smile. I salute everybody. Uh, I just wanna be that cool guy, you know? That cool guy that everybody sees, like, oh, this guy is cool, you know. He played mm. good soccer, he played good football, he did that, he did that. But at the end of the day, I would just want to be that that homie to you, you know, that everybody can mm. just be normal with him, you know, not being like a superstar or whatever. Yeah. I'm just a normal mm. guy, like
1: what 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 do you think what do you think um made you have, have that kind of like outlook yeah. on life? Like what was that's not like, a typical footballer... Exactly. Outlook, yeah. Was it? Was it?
2: I grew into that, you know. Okay. okay. I was, okay. Mm. When when I had my time in Milan, like my prime, like where I was, like without being arrogant, one of the best midfielders in the world. box, to Come box on. Play. Hey, talking shit, bro. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where I had my, my time to think that I'm above everybody, you know, and I didn't talk to people or can we take a picture? And not nah, now, nah, nah, you know, I grew into that because I understood that. At the end of the day, football passes quick. Mm. And people will remember you for other stuff, not scoring a goal, winning a championship, mm. or winning games, whatever. They will not remember that. They remember something different of you, like the human side, you know. Yeah. So I said, I want to I be that. I want people to look back and say, this was a good guy, man. He was cool. He tried to work like he fight, he fought for something more important than mm. just scoring a goal or something, you know. That's so that's me. That's, that's what amazing. I what I want to be, and in the future, I want people to look back and
1: say that about me. That's amazing, man. Because I feel like a lot in the past, there was um, people probably perceived you in a certain way, and to see that, to even hear how you're, how you view yourself and how you're moving forward now, that's like oh shit! Like who would have knew like Kevin Prince Botang Bo- Bo- from maybe 2010 2008 would be a person that would walk off a pitch in the middle of a game, to stand for something. Do you know what I'm saying? That's that's crazy, bro.
2: But I tell you, that's that's growth, you know? You grow mm. because you understand more things. And especially us, like, mixed-race kids, we don't really know who we are, you know? We don't mm. know where we're from because I was born in Germany. Mm. They didn't really love me. Then I went mm. to Ghana. It was difficult for me as well because I didn't know the culture. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't know who I was. So we're always wow. kind of like we have a wall around each other. We have a wall around to protect each other. We're more aggressive than other people because if someone looks at you, you're always going to be like, why do you look at me that way? It's just because you don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. And I, I spoke to a lot of mixed race friends of mine. and They all feel the same. Jerome, my older brother, George, we all felt yeah. the same. Yeah. So knowing who I am and where I'm from changed me. You know, wow. so I can be proud of that. I'm proud to be half German, but I'm even proud to be Ghanaian. You know, so <laughs> no, yeah, bro, it's normal. But I, I figured that out. Like, can you imagine 2010? So it's so late, mm. but I needed to play for Ghana because it's all written anyway. I needed to understand my roots. I needed to understand why do I have this temper in me? Why do I explode sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you know. I mean, this made me this made me grow.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to like just to pack, like unpack that a little bit, because what was it like when you all right, so when you, what was it like when you went back to Ghana to play like you right before that moment, you're you're blowing up, you're getting angry, you have all this frustration in you and then you go back to the motherland. Like, what was that like for you? bro?
2: Part of me felt like I've never left, like I've never been somewhere else because this was me music, wow. dancing, enjoying life, you know. But the other part of me, because I grew up in Germany where everything is like strict control, mm. timing, you have to be on time, whatever, I was totally different. Like yes. I was like I, I didn't fit in the team, you know, because they were all and especially like guys like Montari, Sien, who played 10, 12 years in Europe, when they get when they got back to the Black Stars, they were back being the Ghanaian guys. They grew mm. up, you know? They didn't take that European mentality into the team. So I was always asking them it's like how do you accept that like training is at 6 but we start at 8:30? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and they were just saying that's Ghana bro. That's Africa. We're like that. It doesn't matter. At least uh, at the end of the day we're going to train, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. So and then when I saw them dancing, singing, praying, whatever, this was the side of me where I said, "Wow, yeah, that's me." man. I can feel that that's me. But at the beginning it was difficult. It was
0: not easy for me, Prince. That's like really, really, really important what you're touching on because, like, I feel like today, uh, especially not knowing your roots, is uh, a really a is really affecting and impacting the world. So I was talking to the guys like I think it was like a week or two weeks ago. Like I watched on Netflix. Um, it's called like um Journey of a Nation, and it was about Nigerian independence. And like for me, it really, it really, um, it's really emotional, like series because it was like. All this time, I'd never actually been taught the history of, like, um, my country or colonialism. Because when I came to London, we were taught, like, a different type of history or their version of events. So, like, for me to, like, watch this... And then understand it. It was just this big, like, light bulb um, moment. And even to see, like, some of the spots where I go in Nigeria, some of the street names are actually named after our colonial rulers. And even I was, like, questioning, like, why is it still like this today? And even, like, the root word of the word Nigeria as well, and that meaning. So I feel like uh, what you're touching on is really important. And when I look at the scene of, like, um, players, but life in general, a lot of people have dual citizenship or you don't have people who are 100% one thing. And so I feel like it's important for the way that the world is going that we actually spend the time to really unpackage that. So do you remember like the moment that first sparked your curiosity or how did you come to the decision like, okay, cool. the um, Representing Germany is not for me. And then what was that moment that really just sparked your curiosity?
2: No, because when, when I played in Germany, I played all the youth teams, you know, I came to the under 21. And, uh, but I was always different, you know. I I understood that because I always had my mind and I always talked back. So the coach told me not play left. So I played right, but we still scored. And I was like, yeah, but I played right and we still scored. So I couldn't be that one saying yes all the time, you know? So there came the point where the the under 21 coach kicked me out of the team because something's happened and I, I always had something to say. So they kicked me out because he said he's totally different. So I understood maybe this is not my path, you know? Maybe that's not, that's not where I want to play, where I want to be. That's maybe not where I'm accepted the way I am. So Ghana called me already 2006. Anthony Buffo, who was working oh, yeah. for, oh, the, yeah. for the for the national team, he already called me 2006, but I wasn't ready yet. I was still thinking I could make it in a German team. Because if you think about football-wise, if you play in German national team, yeah. you're, you're a big player, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. So 2010... 2009 they kicked me out 2010 I got to talk back with Anthony Buffy Buffle he called me and said listen come to play play for Ghana and I told him straight yes I will come because I think that's my path and I want to know where I'm from I want to understand sick what why do I have this what I have inside of me you know so and that was not even that was even to be honest, I'm always honest. There was even to give it back to Germany. It's like, like I don't, I don't care anymore. I don't want to play for you guys. I'm going to Ghana. I'm going yeah. to find my roots, whatever. So as soon as I hit Ghana, I landed in Accra. My uncle arrived at the hotel and he said, come with me. So we took a car and we went to Kumasi what is it's like three hours ride or like no no, like there's no moral way whatever you know you just drive. So I saw the poverty I saw the sacrifice the people do I saw everything so we came to that little house where like half of my family Ghanaian family was living and there was one room full of all our like newspapers when they mentioned us me wow. Jerome you know wow. And this is what where, where my aunt says, we come here to pray for you. Wow. wow. You know, so I was shocked. Wildful. And, I, was and I, wild, I had goosebumps. Man. I had goosebumps. I nearly cried. And I was like, yeah, that's me, man. Emotional, hard, love, you know, that's what I need. And this is where I realized I want to give everything for this country, you know. That's amazing.
3: Yeah. Prince, you, Like, you obviously you spoke about making the de- decision for the national team, yeah. But, Actually, how, how was it growing up in Germany? Like, you, you spoke about a lot of things like identity, knowing you was different. Like, how was that for you, bro? I grew up
2: without black friends. Can you imagine that? Because I grew up with Arabs and Turks. Mm. That's how I learned their language. That's how I learned their culture. I grew up with Arabs and Turks because in our neighborhood, there were only Arabs and Turks, some Russian people, some blacks as well. But I was more close with the Arabs and Turks. Like I didn't have that black culture with me. Right. And even from my father's side, because I didn't grow up with my father, I didn't have it from my father's side. And I grew up with my white German mom and my Arab and Turks friend, Turkish friends. I went to pray in a mosque. I did the Ramadan with, the, with my Arab friends. I was more close to that side, you know? Um but I how I said I always felt different. Like I'm not an Arab, I'm not a Turk. I love some of the ideas they have in their life, how they like a family, you know, they're very close. And the, the the black thing came came afterwards. Like I was I was more like an Arab and Turk because I grew yeah. up with that. And people always judged me because of that, because it's like, oh, you Ghanaian, like you're black. Some then when I when I got older, when I was 18 some Ghanaian friends of mine who I knew whenever it was like, bro, hang out with us. Like stop being around the Arab guys and everything. And I was like, yeah, but I grew up with them. I didn't grow up with you. So they even judged me for that. You know, mm. was, it was weird. You know, it was weird growing up.
1: You must've had like a real, like, um, like not identity crisis, but at least like, of course. no, it's a crisis. Like, <clears throat> like, yeah, definitely. A crisis Because like, to 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 live in a in a world or even, and even like yeah live in a world where you don't really know where you belong must be an absolute headfuck for you man like exactly I, I, and and my my hat goes off to you because like to be able to navigate through life and get to where you are right now is a credit to like the desire that you had in yourself to become a footballer like talk about that for a minute like how how was it when you were younger like did you always know that you wanted to kick ball or was it one of those things that like it just happened or like what, what happened, bro?
2: Well, I wanted to be a singer, bro. Jeez. Let's hear them vocals, bro. Like, Hey, Sing for them. Get them sing. those vocals ready, bro. Hey, come on, bro. What are you saying? You know, Studio ready, yeah? You know, my dream was always to have that stage just for myself. Okay. You know, yeah. to have that stage with like 80, 100,000 people just for myself. Not having okay. another 10 players having a stage, you know? Okay, okay, okay. So... I used to sing all the time. I used to dance all the time and I just played football because it was like cool to play football. I loved it. And then people always around me say, oh, you have this talent, you are unbelievable, whatever. So I kept going. When I was 16, the president of Hertha Berlin, from Hertha, he came to our house. Wow. Funny story. He came to our house. My mom is very like strict, clean, and everything. She told him, "Take off your shoes." <laughs> you <know?
3: laughs>
2: but he took off his shoes. And he, place. and he offered me a contract to be professional. I was 16, so as soon as I saw that contract, I'm, I understood that uh, that there's something serious about this. You know, that I could really become professional. Mm-hmm. This is when I started to really believe that I could be like a football player. You know, okay. before I was wow. just doing it for fun. And I wanted to sing and rap and dance. That was my dream.
1: You were you were you were a, a natural performer then. But, so do you feel like that naturally comes out on the pitch, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. It's all together, you know. It's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm.
1: you kind of got your wish, though. You kind of got your wish. You got eighty thousand people watching you play. Yeah, but they're like, not just there. Sharing. On
2: phone. <laughs> 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 like I got used to it, I got used to it but. At the beginning I wanted them just to look at me. So oh, man. how you co- how you compare, like how you do that, you put on different color shoes. Mm, 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 you mm. put your hair, you know, that's what that's what's all about. It's yeah. not about style, whatever. Yeah. Today footballers or me when I was 18, mm. that's years ago. Yeah, yeah. We did that to be noticed in a different mm. way before yeah. the game already. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. The white people get this haircut and colorful yeah. shoes yeah. and put their Socks over the knee and tape here and tape there, and all that stuff. Because at the end of the day, put your shorts and shirt on, go and play. If you yeah. are the best, the people will see. But you want to be noticed already before, you want to be different, special. That maybe out of 80,000, 50,000, will focus on you just because of your looks.
0: Fr- 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 that's interesting because, like, um you strike me as a little bit of like a non-conformist in a positive way in that like, um, you always believe in doing things like your own way and you don't just like uh, f- fall in line. So like, is that something that you've noticed in yourself? And then like, what are some of the examples where you've just kind of maybe child your own path and not gone down the uh, more traditional route or the safe option?
2: No, I always did that. Like, it's not something I want to do against someone, you know? Because when I was younger, always they said, yeah, he's always going against the system. He's swimming against the wave, you know, but I'm just, a, that's just who I am. I am always going to say what I think, how I feel. If you don't like it, turn off. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, because there are people who are interested in what I have to say. There are people who are not interested. That's... So just turn off and follow yeah, me on Instagram and follow me wherever you want, because I'm always going to say what I feel, always going to say what I think. And I will never stop. And I'm not scared about anybody. Like I would just say, and I was always that way. That Then they, then you have a coach who loves that about you, who sees you as a special boy. And there's someone who says, no, but I want everybody to say the same thing. And then he kicks me out. Yeah, But I'm cool with that. Which just means you're not big enough, you're not strong enough to have a character like me.
1: Mm. Did you... Did you all, did, were, you, were you always so sure of yourself, like even as a young age? Because I could imagine, like there's, there's obviously a lot of conversation going around right now about like mental health in football, in football and about um, just the way that fo- like the football industry looks after footballers, right? So would you say that you had always been uh, a, a strong believer in yourself because there's some people that don't actually have that, that power to like, oh, he doesn't like me. It's an opinion, isn't it? I'm going to go somewhere else and find something else out. Yeah,
2: trust yeah i'm lucky that i always had that you know Mm. because because i know a lot of footballers who struggle you know when they see critics when they read newspapers when they when they read comments because we have to talk a lot about instagram now you know there's some players they they turn off their comments you know because they don't have that that like spirit inside to say i don't care you know yeah i always i always had that but the ones who who don't have it, I feel sorry for them because it's really hard these days because it's so simple to destroy someone, you know? Yeah. Fair. And I always, since since the goalkeeper of Germany, Robert Enke, he like he did suicide, he killed himself, you know? He jumped in front of yeah. a train. I always said that, that the newspapers and people who criticize, they should be careful because at the end of the day, we're all human. We're just men. We're just going to go home after a game and maybe we played shit, we played bad you're going to go home and you read that stuff this can put you like in a bad bad place you know so mm-hmm. they have to be really careful and i know exactly how it is to to be crushed by everybody mm-hmm. then i'm a strong, you, you... oh, a strong personality i have a strong head i can go against it but there are a lot of players they don't have mm-hmm. there
1: but do you feel like that that's part and parcel of football or do you think there's something that should be done to change that because like if you look at okay there's the, the kid Jeremy Whiston who committed suicide himself. Who got released from uh, Man City. The young kid from Man City, young right? Kid, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like he got released, and like obviously no one, no one obviously knew that was going to happen. But he obviously thought that he was going to get somewhere in his life playing football, and there wasn't the necessary guard like, like guidelines or, or, or safeguarding to protect people from doing that. Like, do you think that football is a tough sport and you have to suck it up and deal with it, or is there something that should be done in the, in that arena
2: no of course there's football is a sport you have to mm. suck it up and deal with it definitely mm. but there are moments where you have to understand the moment you know because the problem is that all oh, we're footballers we accept everything mm. you know mm. there's like 80 percent of the footballers in this world we accept everything whatever happens newspapers uh, critics everybody can talk about everybody you know I don't even like the idea that like old, old, like ex players be uh, mm. there on television. Yeah, they, trust. They kill everybody, you know? They talk about bad, about this guy, about this guy. Bro, you played when the goalkeeper didn't have gloves. Like, come on. <laughs> 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 Listen, without him, this, it. <laughs> disrespectful, you did your thing. We we, we respect <laughs> you. But don't be out there sitting there like attacking players singly and saying he's not good enough and he doesn't perform the way. He knows himself that maybe he's not performing the way he can perform, mm. but don't sit there and with your suits on and just kill players. I don't like that, you know. Mm. So that's that's a point where where people have to suck it up and everything. Football is a hard sport, it's a day job, you know, because one day you are the best, the next day no one cares about you. Mm. But there are limits, you know, there are limits. You have to understand when you can crush someone, if it's the right moment, if, if you have the right resources to know why is he performing that way. You know, it's like a lot of things because at the end of the day, how I said, we're just human, we're men. There are people who have problems at home. Maybe they can't perform how they want to perform. Don't always judge them straight away. Wait for it.
3: Oh, so Prince, I think what's quite interesting here, you, you even said at the beginning, like, um, like money sometimes coats over the problem, is it? And like, the usual thing is, yeah, but they're rich, so you know they might have these problems. But they're rich, and I think mm. often that's kind of like the misconception that money buys you happiness. But like, could could you maybe shed some light on that? Like how it how it felt for you when you came into a lot of money, and like what what's that like as a football player? And how do some of your teammates or some of the people in your past maybe do with stuff like that? No, no, of course
2: that's that's uh, that's always what people think, you know. Money, they're rich, yeah. Whatever they go in their three, four, five million houses, they feel good. Money doesn't buy you happiness. I tried to buy happiness. I tried to, yeah, even when I was unhappy, I tried to party to forget my unhappiness, you know, or drink or do whatever you do when you're young and you have a lot of money. It doesn't help. It doesn't help. Of course it can help you for like four, or five hours for a moment. It makes you feel better. But the day after you're gonna wake up and look in the mirror again. And I grew up with nothing. I grew up with no money. And I made a lot of money in my career. And I spent a lot of money in my career. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know this famous story when I was in Tottenham, I bought three, three cars a day, you know, because I never played. I was always in the stand. I came as the big player from Germany, biggest talent from Germany. I signed for Tottenham and I never played. So I wasn't happy. I wasn't satisfied. I, I was playing first 11 every game in Berlin came to Tottenham and I was in the stands. And then of course I was thinking I'm the best player in the world, you know, like, why do I don't play? So I said, so I said, okay, I'm going to show it to them, but I didn't show anything to them because I was not relevant. So I bought three cars. I went clubbing all the time, I went partying, whatever. Nothing changed. I wasn't happier. I lost the most important people in my life and I was alone. So one day I woke up, I looked in the mirror. I said, listen, that's not me. I want to be a professional football player on a high level. So I started to change the way I lived and everything. So money doesn't buy you happiness. It doesn't buy, it gives you a better life. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Today, money for me, is just to make, to have my kids grow up in a certain way that they should not worry about money so they can live with a little bit more peace than I grew up, grew up, you know, mm-hmm. that's the only thing about money. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we no. all have the same problems. Because if you have mental problems, if you don't feel yeah. good about yourself, money can't help you.
4: Exactly. At the end of the day, we're all, we're, we're, we're all human beings, right? No, no matter what. Like you said about COVID earlier, like we, we all had to stop working or be in the same house. Like, it wasn't just... Right, it
5: wasn't home. just-
0: when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring.
4: It's us. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say though, um, Prince, that, uh, you know, you spoke about, you know, you've always been yourself. You've always kind of had this belief, but you've also had this other side of you where you've had to adapt to different surroundings. You know, like growing up in West Berlin with the Arabs and Turks, going to Ghana and learning the culture there. And I also want to speak a little bit about like, you know, you've had a career where you've played for a lot of big clubs in different countries. And you have had a, you must have a lot of experience with like not only top players and managers, but also like personalities. So, you know, like you, you maybe like you, you've seen a guy from outside and you think he's this big superstar, but when you meet him, he's, 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 he's someone else. So, j- j- you want you to speak, speak about that, about like how, how you're able to adapt every time you move to a new club or a new country, sometimes learning a new language. Like, how, 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 how has that been for you over your career?
2: How you like, you know, I've changed a lot of teams in the country. So. <laughs> Out of home, I, mean, I, I had to adapt so many times, but uh, but to be honest, I, I love that about my career, you know, mm. winning titles and playing, yeah. but like traveling, understanding new cultures, meeting new yes. people, yes. you know, that's that's for me. No one can take that away from me. I've learned languages. I understand how the people think, you know? So so this is like one big advantage I have. Beautiful. beautiful. Other places, you know? I can go to England now, I feel home. I go to Spain, <laughs> I feel home. I'm in Italy, I'm home. I go to Germany, I'm home. I can even travel now to Turkey. I go to Istanbul, I'm home. People love me, you know? So that's mm. something... Is bigger than winning a Champions League. To be honest,
4: yeah.
2: yeah. My wow. biggest dream was always to win a Champions League. Okay, I yeah. always said if I win one day the Champions League, I'm gonna stop playing football. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't win it yet. So
4: I... <laughs> <laughs> still time, still Monza. time. Monza next year. Monza next year. No, um, and I also wanted to, I also wanted to ask like just a little, uh, like a personal tr- tr- trivial question. What, what, what would you say was the best club side that you played for? Like the actual whole 11 or... I have, have a team that comes to mind, but maybe you have a different answer. Oh, well, Milan. Yeah, I was thinking.
2: No, it's Milan. But even because I had my I had my best time, you know, I played good. So that's that's the team of my heart, you know. It that was just an amazing three years there. I became a man, in Milan. Yeah, yeah. I... I I believe I, I don't think I should say
4: this, but um, I believe you faced my team at Arsenal with Champions League, right? Yeah, we crushed you. <laughs>
5: uh,
4: okay, forget, forget, say it again. forget, again. No, no, you won four <laughs> nil, and then you won four nil, and then we and then we like almost came back at the Emirates. But anyway, Kieran, you can take but it. But away. I
2: wasn't there.
3: God, <laughs> no, this guy, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> now, Prince, do you, do you know what? Yeah, do you know what I love? It. I just love like. Um, the, the the natural confidence that you have like it's not um you know some people it's like a it's like a show but for you you really projection, believe in yourself it? yeah you really mm. believe in yourself and you always have this like expressive personality and growing up in germany like you said it's a little bit more conservative it's not as expressive i think it's starting to change now with like the youth and you know yeah, the modern day the german. german but how did you feel then going to ghana and seeing that that side of you it completely resonated with who you were as a person. Like, did what was that feeling? Because I remember, like, Kieran and I went to Trinidad this year. So I'm, I'm I'm half Trinidadian and we went for the carnival. And I went there and I just... Everything just made sense to me. Like, how did you feel, like, growing up in Germany, which was a little bit more conservative, but then going to Ghana and just, like, fully connecting? Like, what was that moment
2: like for you, bro? It was just, like, I asked myself, like, how much did I held back? How much was I still, like keeping inside, I didn't like express myself, you know? So there I could express myself. I think you felt the same way when you went there. It's like, wow, like I didn't live yet. Like this is was me acting or something because inside of me, there's so much more. So I saw that and I was like, yes, I feel home. That's me. Like, come on dance, sing, be with me, understand me. That was the feeling. It wasn't like I felt like, oh, yeah. No, it was like, I could breathe, you know? Mm. Something like that. And I don't want to say anything bad about Germany because they made me grow up in a certain way what I love because I have all the... I'm, I'm lucky at the end of the day, I took from both sides, the best sides, you know, yeah, I, like, yeah. I'm very on time. I'm clean. Like I clean the house. <laughs> I swear you're going to see me in the house with the Hoover, like cleaning the house because my mom said, you got to do this. Everybody who comes to my house, take off your shoes, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's but nice if, you, if you turn on the song, I'll be the first one dancing on the table, you know. <laughs> and if there's time to be relaxed and say, yeah, we're going to do it tomorrow as the Ghanaian side, not today, we go tomorrow. <laughs> I'm cool, you know. But it was just like was just like enlightening. It was like wow, unbelievable how much stuff I still have inside what I didn't know about myself. Yeah,
1: that's
0: nuts. Go on, Sunstein. Sorry. So, so I was just gonna say since we're back on to Africa, like one moment twenty ten, the first World Cup in, in Africa. Um, obviously special moment. I think you played against Germany as well. Um, I happened to be in against the- your brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I happened to be in the in the stadium when you um when you played against the USA as well Ooh. and and had, <laughs> had this lot. But then um how was how was that experience of the World Cup and then comparing in Comparing it with your brother, because I'm sure uh, I have a younger brother and I'm sure you guys spoke afterwards and kind of compared your experiences. And that's kind of a unique and special thing, right? There's like two of you from the same household playing for two different nations, had a completely different experiences of the World Cup. So do you want to like just talk to us about that World Cup and what that
2: meant? I think this was one of the, the craziest moments in my career because there was so much stuff about it. Mm. I, I didn't talk to my brother in that time because we oh. fell out with a big argument. Um, I just changed nations. I went to play for Ghana. Balak wasn't able to oh. play the World Cup because, like, like, a tackle. So the whole country, Germany, was against me, were attacking me, criticizing me. They were sending letters to my house, like, wow, the N word, you got to die, you're going to rape your wife. we're going to kill your kid, you know, all that stuff. So it was a hard moment for me. It was really hard playing against my brother, not talking to him. We fell out playing against the country where I grew up, but didn't want me anymore. You know, so this was like one of the most emotional moments in my career. The night before I didn't sleep, we had a hotel right outside the, the stadium. So I was just on the balcony. I have to be honest, I had a glass of wine <laughs> <laughs> looking looking at the stadium and just trying to figure out what is going to happen tomorrow, you know. My father was in the stands sitting there with a Germany jacket. My Ghanaian father, you know, with a Germany jacket. It was just so much emotions that that. I don't know, it's not It's not even easy to explain, you know, it's just that, that that moment. And when the game started, it was the most boring game ever. <laughs> nothing happened. <laughs> I didn't have like one, like nothing against my brother, not even one tackle, nothing. We lost the game because Özil had a great strike and that's it. Wow. That's it. Then it was done and I was just happy. I could breathe and I said, like, okay, we did it. We made history, two brothers playing against each other in the World Cup. Uh, I was done with Germany because nothing happened. I didn't kick someone. I didn't tackle someone. We didn't mm. fall out. It was like, then it was just done. But the the, the way to that, like the the, the street uh, to that moment was just crazy. It was just mm. so crazy. Everybody texted me. You got a score. You're going to show them who you are. Wow. Blah, blah, you know, everybody's yeah. just putting more, more, hype, more, hype. Yeah, they're hyping that stuff so much. And then I just turned off my phone and I said, okay, then I saluted my brother. We didn't even look in each other's eyes. You know, it's like, wow. Oh, I was it like, okay. Surreal. Yeah. It was like, we had like a big, big argument. So we didn't talk. So the press knew that. High mm-hmm. oh, hyped, wow. hyped it even more. Hyped it even more. You know, it's like, okay, amazing, yeah. man. It's gonna so, go down.
4: <laughs> so, and then, so, and and
2: and, and they better get each other four years later, right? Yeah, we met each other again, but that <laughs> was just a different vibe. It was just like, what's up? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's cool. Here yeah. we are again. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, I'm going to kill It was just a different vibe. It was different. It was just like chill. We made history. We was like, yeah, we made history already. Like, who cares? Yeah, let's just <laughs> chill yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah Go on, Stephen. I know you're going to say something. Yeah, no, I was just
0: going to ask. The last the last one on, um, on kind of like 2010, it's just we need to touch on uh that moment um against uh, uh, luis suarez uruguay and then oh, just wanna uh, talk about that really want to kill <laughs> the
2: vibe no <Nah>. nah, <laughs> we, we a <have laughs> party nah. bro no
1: nah. oh,
0: nah. nah. <laughs> no we we have to because it's it's such a it's such a significant um moment because it's just remember just being like so proud of that, that Ghanaian team as well like I think uh, the whole continent was kind of like behind you guys it's just like a very special it's a special team like a special spirit I just wanted to get your thoughts on like obviously like being around that group and in there like you know how, how was how was that for you that you've got had the time to like look back on your achievements of that particular World Cup I think this World Cup was something so
2: special for the whole continent because because we played in a way what no one expected, you know. We had we had players like I don't know. It was just so special all around, all about all about it. Um, we played good football. We we entertained the people. We were aggressive. We had a great team spirit, you know. And it's just looking back, it's just like so sad, you know, that you have to. Like you didn't qualify for semi semifinal, you know, it's just like we're, we're still we're still sometimes talking about it. Like, can you imagine we would go to the semifinal? Because we would go to the final. I'm telling you right now, we would have gone to the final because we had a friendly game before the World Cup against Holland. They beat us like 3-0 or something like easy. They would think, yeah, we're going to beat them again. You know, they would come in like a little bit. Arrogant, so we would have gone to the final, and then in the final, anything can happen. But even if we would just go to the final, you know, yeah, it was just unbelievable emotions in 90 minutes, 120 minutes, penalties, whatever. It's like crazy, crazy. Then, after I would, I had to see Suarez in the dressing room. (laughs) 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 It's like you're lucky. <laughs> Lucky it's like 10 years ago.
5: Because
2: <laughs> <laughs> even now,
3: if that was now V A R, you lot would have yeah. like, man would have been sent off. Bro. Yeah, <laughs> I imagine, bro.
1: Different yeah. Different, yeah. different. Um Prince, Prince, um, so like just listening to you, yeah, I get the feeling that and i and I mentioned it already, that a lot of what you've gone through has been based around this idea of like identity. And um you mentioned that when you went to play for Ghana. You were getting um racial marks from the your German people. But do you think that, first of all, I got a couple of questions actually. So, like, were you a victim of racism growing up in football, like as a young player? And then do you think that you going to Ghana 2010 was actually like a switch in your mind was like, right, I don't actually have to take this from, or was it always in your mind it's like, I'm gonna speak up against it? Like what, was, like, what was it that made you kind of, like, want to publicly be a, a spokesperson for footballers and for racism as well?
2: Yeah. No, I was I was racially abused all the time when I was younger, you know? Because mm. we went to play in the east of Germany, mm. you know? They they said things, they were harsh, you know? And they were not, like, fans. They were, like, parents of players, you know, of the other teams. Yeah. So that was even worse. They were standing there and said, like, yeah the N word for every goal you score, you get a banana. We put you in the box, we send you back to your country, you know, all that stuff. And I was like 10 years old. So I always, I always swallow it. I always swallow it. I didn't, like I said, like, and I asked myself because I grew up in Berlin, like multicultural. We are from everywhere. Mm -hmm. Everybody was accepted. So I was like, why do I drive two hours with the bus? And I have to understand that there I'm not welcome. Mm -hmm. Because I have a different color, you know? But I didn't really understand it. And no one really explained it to me. Our coach always says, leave them. They're ignorant. They don't understand nothing from life. And I swallowed it. And I swallowed it. And I swallowed it. Then sometimes I played. Even starting playing in the Bundesliga, sometimes I heard the stands, doing chants, whatever. And I swallowed it. And I swallowed it, And I was like, okay. Then I fell out with Germany. They kicked me out. Of course, I thought, like... Why would I do that to myself? Let me go from play for my roots, you know, mm. because that's, these are my roots as well. They want me. They love me. They need me. So let me go. Mm-hmm. They kick me out. They don't need me anymore. They say that the way I think, when I always speak up, it's wrong. They don't want that. Okay. But then they need that. They want that. So I left. And um The day when I walked off the pitch, it was just, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't deal with it anymore. I didn't want to deal with it anymore because I came to a certain point. I was, I say it again, one of the best midfielders in the world, box-to-box midfielders, played in one of the biggest teams in the world, AC Milan, with the biggest players in the world. And I still have to hear that stuff. Like I sacrificed, I worked so hard, I swallowed so much to still come to that point where it's still gonna be there. So I said, no, that's it. I'm not gonna play anymore. And I walked off the pitch because there was hate, there was anger, there was pain, emotions. And I wanted to show that I didn't, I didn't realize after, like I didn't know that it's gonna have these big waves, you know, that it's gonna go around the world. I just thought in that moment I'm not going to play anymore, and I had teammates who I love for this who walked off the pitch with me. You know, yeah. that's that's the strong message that you have your white brothers walking off the pitch with you. So
1: that's, it must have been, it must have taken you a lot to kind of get to that point where you've finally <laughs> finally decide. You know what? Yeah, I'm time to work walk off because as you said earlier on in this conversation, as footballers you're expect to take a lot of shit and just deal with it, right? And I think. For you to then go, yeah, I'm done, bruv. I'm walking off this pitch. Yes. You, must, you must have got to the end of your fucking tether. So like, and this is
2: what, what, what makes me angry because people always said, yeah, but it was a friendly game. Mm. Mm. But they don't understand the, the feeling. Under the journey to build up. Yeah, The, the feeling, the emotions I had inside. If it would be a league game, Champions League game, it mm. would have been the same result. Mm. I would just walk off the pitch. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't about what game we were playing. It was about the way I felt in that moment. Principle, Yeah, for sure.
1: For sure. sure. And you mentioned something um, that I think is really important to even just talk about as well. Like, your teammates supporting you in that moment as well. I think we've seen it this year when... Like, racism has been around for a long time, man. And I think we've been fighting a similar battle for a very long time as well. But I think what has changed this year is that people's eyes are open and like similar to what happened to you, where your players, your teammates have walked off with you, we're starting to see allyship. So talk about that, man. What do you think? What do you think it means to have allyship? Why is it so important? Why is it important that we see that white people, people of non-black people, are also supporting what, the the racism as well? Like, that's anti-racism. that's the, racism. yeah, anti-racism.
2: that's the key to end it. Because if we have our white sisters and brothers with us. That's the key to end it Because at the end of the day, we know that the world is ruled by the white. Okay? That's not a secret and that's not mm-hmm. nothing about racial, whatever. It's just like that. But if my white brother and sister walk with me, they lift their fist with me, and they go and protest on the streets with me, that's the key to change. Because they're going to show we're all the same. We're all the same. It doesn't matter what color you have. And if the white people do that, that's the key to success. Mm. And I said that already like a couple of months ago in a different interview. I said, that's our key to success because we need you. We need you not to be not racist, to be anti-racist. Be with us. Show your support for our black community because we we are in need right now. If there are others in need, we black people, we're going to fight for them as well. Because that's in our nature. We yes. wanted
0: to fight for everybody who's in need. Yes. And we showed it so many times. Yeah. And Prince, in addition to obviously them showing solidarity with I feel like personally, I feel like the authorities and people that govern the game also need to look at themselves because there's practical things you can do. Like for, we've all seen, like the Champions League fines, which get handed out for certain things. And like, you know, it, it doesn't add up or the suspension, maybe two, two three games. There's practical things that can be done in the game to also um, help speed up this process. Because I think when you have like laws and legislation, that also helps to correct negative behaviour. So for me, I'm always fascinated when I see like the fines um, that we're giving out. And then I look at the um, kind of like what the NBA managed to do um, in terms of creating a whole movement. Like what, what do you feel is missing for football to get, Begin to get into that space of, you know, really great now that before a game, like everybody kneels down and puts their hand in the air in the Premier League. But like, it shouldn't just stop there.
2: Obviously, obviously in football, we're not doing enough. That's for sure. Everybody knows that because it's not enough to have like a banner saying no to racism, some t shirts, whatever. We should just look at the NBA, what they were able to do. They said, we're not going to play. Mm. So why don't we have uh, George Floyd day? Mm. We're going to put that on the day where he died. Every black person in this world is not going to go to work. Mm. If it's yeah. a Saturday, if it's yeah. Sunday, Saturday at two o'clock, Arsenal, Manchester, Juventus, Inter. Every black player is not going to play. The Los Angeles Lakers against the Clippers. No black player is going to play. That's something I have in mind. Mm. That's how we're going to show we are important mm. in sports, working wise, wherever. Because how, how would it be the Clippers against the Lakers without <laughs> us? How would it be us run. Against Manchester United without us?
0: Mm. Yeah, facts.
2: How would American football, the NFL, be without black people?
4: Yeah. Extinction Why? We're here
2: just to entertain you and hit touchdowns and shoot three-pointers and dunk the ball and scissor kick the ball. The, but when it comes about us wanting to have the same rights, you're not backing us up? So, George Floyd Day.
5: Hmm.
2: Everybody who's is not going to go to work.
5: Hmm.
2: Is something going to miss? Definitely. Because 50% of the sport is going to be more boring. Mm. And that's the truth. Without without saying that white people or Hispanic people are not able to do, but we are just a different breed. Mm. We can do stuff no one else can do. Fact. Like white people can do stuff we can't do.
1: Yeah,
0: true.
2: So that would be that day. No footballer is going to play I would be the first one who's gonna play I will be home watching Sky <laughs> like, you Let's see what, go on. <laughs> but I know
1: look what I started
2: I <laughs> facts that there's not a lot of people who's gonna follow me mm-hmm. mm. I know for facts yeah. especially at the of time like hundred reasons and that's the problem mm. yeah
3: Prince I wanted to touch on something so sorry Steve I wanted to touch on something because um you mentioned that you've traveled a lot. And that's probably been your biggest blessing of your career that you've been able to experience different cultures and you know, you've got multiple homes now in it. Yeah. Have you got any stories of when you've had to like when you've landed somewhere or you've been in a different place and like you've really seen that it's a different culture and you've had to sort of shift and adapt? Like what sort of springs to mind when you think of, you know, getting out of your comfort zone, going into a brand new country and really seeing, rah, I am not a home anymore, boy.
2: This is like exactly 2010 when I came to Italy. Wow. Because I wasn't dressed to live here, you know. <laughs> what was the trip say? Yeah. To yeah, upgrade yeah. the wardrobe. Even the restaurants and all that, you know. I went there, I sat down, I wanted to have my food, everybody was like elegant, bang, the fork is on the right place. You know, they have like their suits on and everybody's dressed nice, like at two. 2 p.m., like, where do you go in a suit? You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, wow, like, these people really care about the way they look, you know? What is a beautiful thing? Because these people, they hype themselves. Like They wake up in the morning, it's like, I'm going to put a suit on. Like, I had a guy who put, like, petrol in my car. Oh, he was every day with a shirt and a jacket. (laughs) Elegant.
1: That's mad. Um you Amani, know what I mean? I, That's my son like
2: Stephen back in the 9 I was <laughs> like, wow, Suit and tie, me and JT. Totally different culture, you know? It's like, they love to dress up. I was like, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'm going to, come to the dressing room, Milan. Right. I came like in a track suit, like back in the day, I had Nike. Came in a track suit, like Air Force One, what's popping? bro, <laughs> hat back, whatever. Came in Pirlo, Nesta, Sedorf, Like dressed like they're going to like to a wedding, bro. I tell you, I would wear (laughs) perfume, smelling bang, the hair perfect, coming there with sunglasses. I was like
3: wavy. Yeah, no, that's wavy though.
2: Yeah, I was like, what is going on? Like said off, you was every day in a suit. (laughs) Every Every day. How
1: do (laughs) you get them fires in that suit, bro? <laughs> bro, please, bro,
2: I don't know to do. me. Got some special tailor. Hey. <laughs> hey, shout out to Uncle, Uncle Clarence though, dunno, dunno, dunno. Nine o'clock in the dressing room, he's there in a suit. It's like, bro, in the morning, you're still tired, just put on tracks to go to practice. Yeah, trust. He's in a suit like, the tie-on and everything. Bang, bang. Wow. To just come to practice and go back home. That's what I thought. But at the end of the day, he went to practice after practicing, like five, six man. big meetings, you know, mm-hmm. with investors and everything. But it was just like, this was for me, like culturally, I was like, whoa, okay. Wow.
3: Yeah. It sounds like you took a lot from your Milan experience, man.
2: Yeah, a lot. Because I, I came as a kid, you know, I was mm-hmm. 23, but still a young kid, just came from England, you know, made some experience playing Premier League with Portsmouth, but then I came to, like, one of the biggest teams in the world, you know? They were all men. Like, I can re- I remember after after practice, I was, like, to Gattuso. I was, like, oh, let's go. Let's grab something to eat. He's, like, what do you mean? Go to eat. I'm going to go home, see my kids and my wife. I was, like, ah, okay. <laughs> these are no, these are men, you know? They're yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, yeah. They no, From yeah, mindset. So. not going to, like, lunch with me. Like, and I was, like, <laughs> okay. So they made me grow. They made me be a man.
4: And,
3: no, I, was just, I just wanted to say, like, um, you mentioned at the beginning, obviously you came in on a vibe, came in, like, started the party right. Um, Rumour has it a couple of years ago you dropped a track and you mentioned earlier that, you know, singing, dancing, that's your thing. So, like, how much are you still in touch with that passion and, like, what, what does it look like for your daily basis? Like, are you always listening to music? Are you always vibing? Like, what's your relationship with music, like, at the moment? No, it's
2: everything to me. Mm. Everything. It's just I cannot I can't live without music, bro. It's impossible. I wake up in the morning, music. I go to sleep, music. It's impossible. Like my agent, I sit with him in the car, he's like listening to the, the engine. Like, come on, like
4: <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing.
2: I I record music the whole time. I go to the studio, I record, like I have 15 tracks ready.
1: Yeah, down. Mm. they strap.
2: I got 15 tracks ready I'm just I'm just waiting For the right moment Where I can shoot my video I'm gonna bring out I have a Jeez I have a crazy song About racism Like I wrote that
3: it, yeah. Yes. Sick. Sick, oh, I, fam, you need to give us a yeah. preview, man. Yeah, man. man. Oh, no, not no. on this. Obviously, not on this. Not, not on this. this. Not on this.
1: Not on this. Not on this. Behind yeah. closed doors, it will
3: be so send sick. You, send me you
2: your numbers. I send you the track, and then. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I always go to the studio. My older brother, who's a rapper in Germany, he has a studio in Berlin. So last time I was in Berlin, we recorded like six tracks. Sick man. Yeah, I love it. So good. Yeah. How can you live without music?
1: You can't. You can't. You can't. As we were saying earlier on, me and me and Kwame yesterday were like spent like three, four Cook hours on Zeus yeah. cooking up
2: beats. I got a sick track ready with Sarkodie. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. oh, hey. really?
1: yeah.
4: Sarko D, huh? bro, this song
1: is
2: serious.
1: So cool. What? I I'm actually interested in this man because, like, I feel like a lot of footballers have like side hustles and like interest outs away from fo- away from football. Anyway, and there are a lot of musicians that play football as well. Like, what was it? What's it like getting into a studio? I don't even know if you've been in studios all your life, but what's it like getting in there with like a big artist and being like, all right, let's make this track. Was it vibes? Was it like, what what, what was going through your head when you did that?
2: It's pressure, man. I'll tell you. <laughs> I remember not even with a big artist, just being the first time in the studio. Yeah. Because yeah, you yeah. you got that voice. You think you got that sweat. You stand mm. there just with the mic. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow. It's
1: different. It's different, it's different. It's really
2: different. <laughs> I know the feeling, I know the feeling, bro. No, it's hard you, do, you. I was like, wow, okay, he's like stuttering. He's like, let me do again, let me do again. Yeah. I was there for like six hours for the first verse, you know. It's like, I want to get it perfect. And you think about that voice, you got that flow, whatever. It doesn't mean anything because you have to perform right. It's like playing a game. You got that moment, you perform, you know. Now I'm cool. I go in there, I write my stuff, I hear a song, okay. But it took some time. It's not easy. Yeah,
5: it's
4: yeah. not
2: easy. It, it,
5: it
4: takes a
3: while, man.
2: Yeah. I think for, yeah, no, I was, I was
3: going to say, I think for me, yeah like, when I first stepped in the studio at Kieran's house, completely like what you said, it's just a, it's a different arena, in it? It's like, you can play in front of however many thousand at the San Siro, but then to come into the studio, it's, it's a, a different, different arena. Because it's just you and yourself.
1: Fit. Yes.
2: Yeah. yeah, you have to yeah. show it to yourself, you know. Yeah.
1: So you all well, you're doing music. Well, I make music. I'm a musician. We all we all into music as well. You wait, know what I mean, w- um, I got wait, some music. Kieran, out. Um, huh? what's the what's the name of your what's the name, what's the name what's
4: the name of your artist? <laughs> no, what's the name of your artist's name? Uh,
1: my name is Loki as an artist. <laughs> I have How a, ju- um, I just spelled that. I just <laughs> spelled that. L O W K I. I have an album called Free Loki on, on Spotify that I put out. Come in on plug. Yeah, yeah, it's, hard. it's, it's hard. Is it out already? Yeah, yeah, it's on it's on, it's on yeah, Spotify yeah. right now. You can listen to that. It's on a couple of playlists on Spotify too. Which is dope. Sheesh, too. tell them again. L-O-W
2: K I K I. What are
3: you saying? Loki hey, and Prince link up
1: soon. Hey, link bro, send me some <laughs> rhythms and we will dab up these beats. Oh right. right. that? <laughs>
2: 1995. That's you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A bunch Fuck. of tracks one before done. Well, let me listen to that
5: one. Second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit!
3: Oh, oh, Party can't done. <laughs> <laughs> Party can't done.
5: Industry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh that's your little sister singing as well, man.
0: Oh. <laughs> i <Pritz laughs> <was> feeling <laughs> it looking
2: in my Yeah, man. I uh, saw so you sing legendary.
1: Him. I sing Anna rap, man.
2: He, bro, he does it all he does it all That's like six I, lakh,
1: bro. <laughs> oh I think I'm right, man. That's a that's a great compliment as well.
2: That's one of my guys. Though. I
1: really like it. Yeah, him, you man. love him, right?
2: That's his flow, yeah. Yeah, but he's he's sick, bro. Ah, he's, oh, he's unbelievable. He's one of my favorite.
1: And so
3: we're all we're all into little like different stuff on the side, but I think for us, we just wanted to dive a bit into into your music. So it's sick to hear that you're making tunes. I think like just in general, bro, you're just a wavy guy, man. Like I think yeah, footballers man. can sometimes be seen as you know quite rigid, quite stiff. Like, you know, give really boring media interviews and you don't really get to know their personality. And I think for you, before even the, the big wave of social media, you've always been yourself. You've always owned mm. it and you've always just... Facts. Had a very, very clear point of view on who you are. And for me, it's been an absolute pleasure to hear your story and just like understand exactly. where that comes yeah. from, um, understand you as a person. And I think you you were really one of the first people to sort of set the wave of... Players being able to express and be themselves. And I think there's a whole generation before you that's or oh, sorry, after you that kind of owes that to you, that they can now be themselves with a little less scrutiny. So yeah, man. I just wanted to say thank you for jumping on, bro. Oh, uh, thank, thank you guys. Yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, thank big, you for big thanks, yeah, big thanks,
0: man.
3: Yeah, thanks for for dropping some gems. Cause I know when I listen back to this, I'm just gonna be like, fucking hell, this is so sick. And I know it'll be the same yeah. for everyone else that listens. So trust. You've been listening to the unmarked show with your boys, Steven out of home in the Zoom Zoom room, Kwame, the Ghana papi, Kieran (laughs) Kenlock, and the one and only Kevin Prince. Thank you. Come to Amsterdam and we're gonna
2: have a good. Hey, please do, man. Please Please do. Uh, yes yeah. bro, for, yeah. Real, yeah. for real, for Kieran, real. Kieran, um, Kieran, send
3: Prince your number so you look can, can do yeah, the I'll music do it. thing. I'll put, it, I'll put it in the chat now, I'll put it in the chat, oh, chat you said Let's,
0: let's
1: link, up, up. link up, Link up, yeah. <laughs> link up. Soon come. It's in the chat, <laughs> it's, in the chat <laughs> it's in the chat,
2: bro. Oh, stop. that was quick. Okay. stop the recording. Chat, okay, yeah. oh, he, was, he was just waiting to push the button.
1: I'm yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here, bruv. I'm ready to make, no, I'm ready to make music. Not even that, I'm just here to make music, bro. That's it. You
2: London boys are crazy. All right, come on. Come on.
5: Planning
4: for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery
5: soft Italian leather bags, and so much more